Mabuhay! Welcome to the Babaylan Bruja Book Club Podcast. It's your village kids, Steph and Aimee. And here we are together again. And as always, in efforts to decolonize our minds, bodies, and reconnect with spirit by ways of relation via conversation, of education, interpretation, and integration. So this is our invitation for you to join us on our journeys as we discuss the works of honored artists, authors, and thought leaders in the Philippinex diaspora. Quick disclaimer, we want to acknowledge that in this moment, everyone is exactly where they need to be. And since we are not experts, yet we share our own unique lived experiences, we invite you to take or toss any statements, opinions, words that we may use as you choose. We are so glad you found your way here. So as always, before we begin, we always want to take a moment to ground, taking a pause and drop into our bodies and come into this space. If it's safe for you, we invite you to close your eyes, straighten your spine, and direct your focus now to your breath. Take a few deep inhales, extending your belly button out. And as you exhale, bring your belly button into your spine. Let's do that one more time together. Inhale. Expand your lungs and exhale. Bring your belly button back to that spine. Feel free to continue on your own as we connect to your body into this moment. Can you try to not think about anything that happened today, yesterday, anything you're going to do after this, is it possible to feel what it's like to be in the here and now moment? And as we begin our conversation today, we always thank God Batala creator for another gathering. In gratitude, we acknowledge our benevolent ancestors and we invite all the forces, the seen and unseen to guide and protect this conversation today. We acknowledge the original people and the lands I mean I currently occupy, knowing that we cannot do our own decolonizing work without remembering them. For I mean, that's the mound builders that are the Hopewell and Adena people in Ohio. And for myself, that's the Bay Miwok Yokut peoples in the Bay Area of California. With gratitude, we acknowledge your presence, dear Kapwetid, your energy, your light, no matter wherever and whenever you're tuning in. All right, thanks for that prayer, Sissy. And as we begin another episode, you know how it always starts. Um, The season we've been doing Bruja Check, just checking in with our rituals and things. So we like to time ourselves so that we can be respectful of everyone's time and energy because we can just talk, but we can 
turn off the recording and talk later. We have too. So. Um, but so we give each other 90 seconds. All right. So I can go first. You want a time? my timer. One minute and 30. Okay, three, two, one. Yeah. Okay, so it's crazy because this chapter is about water. Spoiler alert. Um, like that the theme comes up a lot. And even before, like I realized that I wanted to talk about water during our Bruja check. So I've been doing this thing with my water where I thank my water. Okay. But mm -hmm. I thank it for like, like, thank you for making me healthy. Thank you for helping my organs work smoothly. Thank you for making my skin hydrated. Thank you for just healing me. And then I imagine, cause you know, water's energetic. I imagine that like, you know, there's magical swirls and then I drink that and it, you drink honestly, it, it tastes, it tastes better. Like mm -hmm. I feel like it tastes better and I drink more water. And I'd seen like, I've seen like on the internets and stuff like rituals for water, like where people are like, seek the life that you want into your water or whatever. And I tried that it never hit. And I realized now that I'm actually talking to water, it's like the spirit of water, right? So animism was what our pre-colonial ancestors like believed in that everything has a spirit and everything has a soul and so I'm like oh my gosh I think I wasn't connecting with talking to my water before because I wasn't talking to my water but just to have gratitude to it for it and just like talk say thank yes thank you for all of the things it's doing for me and like working with me it just feels um I don't know feels good and I drink more water so there we go Endorse okay. her water, uh, something. <laughs> Endorse her. You just you look like you're endorsing that water, cup of water. Is it cold too? It looks like a cold cup of water. Uh, no, I um, no, it's like, loop. I drink it room temperature. I don't know if that's gross, but oh, I don't water. like it super cold. Cheers, oh, cheers. <laughs> well, thank you for that, sissy. Um. That brings up um, my teach. One of my teachers talked about Dr. Yamamoto. I think it was. He's a Japanese research um, scientist, and he took pictures of water and water has, proving water has consciousness. Have you heard of you heard? Yeah, of that? yeah. Like he spoke one. Like he spoke like mean words to one glass of water, and then he spoke loving words to another glass, and then he froze it and then looked at the what it looked like underneath the microscope and yep. the one that had the words that were mean and just you know horrible like the it, it was all jagged like the water was jagged but then the one that was spoken to lovingly like had all these like beautiful geometric designs and stuff yeah. so it's yeah. like the words broke down yeah. the water like the mean words broke down the water yes yes so i Thank you for sharing that gem that gives folks hopefully a perspective, even with Dr. I hope it's Yamamoto. Let me, we're going to be, we're, we're a book club. So we're going to be, um, we're going to cite our sources. Water, we're make sure. oh. Emoto, Masaru Emoto. There we go. Um, he is the one who, yeah, 
did the experiment with water and you can look him up dr masaro emoto e-m-o-t-o yeah, yeah and, we're, and we are mostly water so we need to speak kindly to ourselves yes think about the things that you say so food. that's why it's nice to pray over your food <laughs> Yeah. And I was actually telling my partner, like, now I understand what prayer is. Like, I felt disconnected from praying for my food at when I was when I was in the evangelical church, because it yeah. just felt like something empty, because I was yeah. thinking like some, I don't know, but to actually think the thing that is going into my body just feels way more energetic. Yeah. So. Funny, like little quick, quick side story. Um, we, me and my ex-partner used to pray over our food, but it was just so funny. Like, I think, what was it? Maybe like some junk food ass diner ass fast food or something. And I was like, are we going to pray over this? He's like, no, we're not. <laughs> He's like, we could hope that this will bless our insides, but it probably won't. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Pray over your food. Y'all pray for your water. Thank you for that, sis. Um, are you ready to go with your yeah. Bruja team? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. So in light of energetics and Bruja things, I have committed to a Feng Shui project. Um, and I actually wanted to commit it to my room. So um, if y'all has been listening for a while, shout out to you. You know, you are listening. Um, my house has gone through like a whole kind of shift since my brother and sister-in-law and baby nephew moved in. So every room kind of got moved around except my bedroom. And for a while, I felt like my internal landscape was not, ex was not like matching the external landscape. And I don't know if people care about this stuff, but like moving your bed and your, and your, you know, and furniture and bed sheets and I really, I really do take care and like what I hang on my walls. And I was actually talking to my best friend the other day and she was like, you know, ever since like we were kids, I would hang up like posters of music. She's like, I always liked being in your room because it's like something cozy and like co comforting and open. And I was like, oh, so anyways, I curated my room again and that's been my feng shui. And I think that that it's just so interesting. Like I couldn't do any of my schoolwork. I couldn't really show up at work. I didn't feel right until like my room was like set and it's still actually not all the way done. But I think that that process has also taught me how to take things in small pieces and um, be okay with things not being perfect. And also just realizing like, this isn't my time. Okay. This isn't like a permanent situation where I'm at right now, but in the meantime, between time, like I'm fairly pleased. I got like a velvet uh, comforter, y'all's. So that's bruja. So <laughs> yes, you know, but witches love their velvet. So, anyways, <laughs> I mean, it's true. I got a velvet comforter. <laughs> yes, I don't know why I was late to the game, but and satin sheets. Yes. So, so you know, yes. I'm feeling really. Uh, I'm feeling much better, and it was. This is a new configuration too to my room. I usually put my bed against the wall, but. I was like time to bring it on out so yeah I mean that can like like you said that's like energetics there's certain that's why people cut their hair after or change their hair after 
major events in their lives, you know, color it (laughs) or they're color it like men grow beards, you know, so or people who can grow beards, they do that. Right. And so like, it's just there's something different about changing stuff around. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels good. And you know, I'll say this in closing, there's actually like, articles out there y'all is about like how you place your bed to the window to the wall to the window (laughs) to the wall (laughs) right uh yeah so and so that was like part of my thing like it was like I don't want my head to the door and all this stuff so right 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 feng shui feng shui if you're feeling like something is not is off move some furniture around do it all right thanks sissy for sharing that and as always obilan brujas out there um check in with yourself and not as a um not as a guilt thing but just like you know what can you change can you change things up energetically what can you add um and yeah just keep it fresh and um just bless you in your ritual All right, y'all. So moving on, on, moving on up, moving on, on. on you, know, you know that song? Moving on up, up to the side. Yeah. To a deluxe apartment in the sky. Okay. So <laughs> are we showing our age? Because I bet you some of these young, younger uh, ones are like, what is that? Anyway. We have, we're not Ate's right now. We are Lola. <laughs> well, I would love to be a Lola. That is a privilege denied to me. You know, this is true. This is true. Okay. Anyway, let's let's go. <laughs> Brown Girl Cliff notes. We made it. We are excited to wrap up this final episode of 1521 with discussing chapter 18 and Atta Judy's brief conclusion. Um, citation stemming from Saint Bernadette. Sabois, Sabrou. That's French. Uh, to Roman baths, Filipino bathing habits, to holy water. I mean, I discuss how this chapter intricately touches into the sacredness of pre-colonial relations to water. Water. As it ties to instilled modern day Catholic Christian practices that end up as blessed holy water in our purses or altars and beyond. Yes. And so I think um, where this is, basically chapter 18 but we're gonna lump in the conclusion because the conclusion was you know just a couple pages long so um but just something came to me i think in the last episode to see you talked about for your bruja teams you were doing cold baths so i was like that is also very watery and very i guess like on 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 topic for what we're about to talk about no yeah interesting right I was gonna I thought about bringing it up today but I think I was like I think I already talked about it (laughs) but I do speak into that water when I plunge in or I say I say prayers while I'm in the water like this water is healing me you know stuff like that yeah and sorry my teacher has also showed me to acknowledge the she calls them devas, so they're spirits, obviously. We all know. In her culture, they call, or 
wherever her training comes from devas but we know him as spirits right we see things as anim anime animus so anyways i thank the water um devas too because they're blessing yeah. my body the spirit of the water so yeah well let's just um that's it for brown girl cliff notes we're just gonna go ahead and dive in we're gonna dive in see what i did there <laughs> i did but um <laughs> Florida water left me. It was like, I don't want to be in this picture. So we wanted to show you our, <laughs> our holy waters, our sacred waters. These, what do you have? This. What do you got? I got Costco. I got America Falls. My mom did this one, y'all. <laughs> this must have been like i think she traveled to the holy land and she got this one blessed um this is a random one and then i wanted to include florida water it's not culturally part of our culture but probably a lot of people yeah i i got florida water too you but do? can i just say that that's very sweet of your mom and also super Filipino, just to put it in just like some random ass water bottle. <laughs> and tape it up. Yes. Oh, if y'all are not listening or watching on the YouTube. You gotta watch. This Thank, is you waters. Thank you, waters. Thank you, waters. That's why they kind of also like shriveled up because they've been by my bedside. Yeah. For at least a couple years. This one definitely a couple years, like one or two, three. Can you not open, will they not be blessed if you open them up? Can you put them in like another container? Well, this one I probably should. Oh, that's a good idea, sister. I need, I should. I have a geometric um, glass container. I want to put them in. There you go. Okay, so here's my water. It is in is so much a glass fun. jar with a gold top that says Mayati Moon apothecary. <laughs> I used to make apothecary items a lot. And this is actually water from the river that we used to do um, cold dips in. So oh. it's for, this is from that spot. So uh, it's got all the rivery stuff <laughs> in there, but I keep it on my altar because it's it's what for the element of water and it means something special to me you know at that time it was a very energetic time so that's my water so do you keep what let us know down in the comments do you keep water on your altar do you carry holy water in your car what do you do with your water or do you bless your water when you drink it i love water honestly all right and drink some water if you haven't drinks drink some water today yes stay hydrated pause this pause pause us come back though but pause and then go drink some water and come back okay okay so um let's okay. jump into these vocabulary words yes okay all right so you know how it goes we will both share vocabulary words and we will both share some quotes that hit us so um i can go first sissy cool excuse me yeah okay <laughs> all right 
So my word is from 246 um, in chapter 18. And the word is reconquista, reconquista, which was a series of battles by Christian states to expel the Moors from Spain. So the context for bringing this in is uh, we were talking about, we're talking about um, bathing and how um, Spain actually, just like the Philippines, was um, very fond of bathing. But at some point in time, um, it was looked down upon. And so um, it turns out that that was for political reasons. So the beginning of the 16th century saw the conclusion of the centuries-long Reconquista, which is what I just said, a series of battles by Christian states to expel the Moors from Spain. In consolidating this victory, Christians became hostile and distrustful towards Muslims and Jews and anything associated with them. Laws were passed and brutally enforced by the Spanish Inquisition forbidding activities that were deemed suspicious or that had too close an association with Muslim traditions. So bathhouses and the very practice of bathing came under scrutiny for they were linked to the customs of quote-unquote infidels who, according to the racial concepts at the time, were compelled to bathe by inherited blood. So bathing became associated with impurity at the time. Um, and I think that's just wild. That yeah. Political reasons. Yeah. People were like, you know what? It's better to be dirty. And smell. maybe that's why Europeans became smelly and disgusting. Yeah, that's why the Black Plague happened. Jeez. Okay. So, anyway, Reconquista. And it's just interesting just how even political things, global political things, will have an impact on your daily fucking habits. Your daily habits. So this is why we have to dismantle and the colonization with inside of us and in the systems uh, because it affects our everyday life, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that is my, that's my word. And I know we're going to talk about, we're going to talk more about um, the Philippines, our, our ancestors and getting and water. Yeah. I actually want to redact my words if you're complete. I am complete. Um, to continue. Okay, yeah. The anti-bathing sentiment only grew as the 16th century wore on. Walsh wrote that following the lethal meaning measures against bathing and ba bathers, people were brought before the tribunal of the Inquis Inquisition, tortured and punished under the accusations of bathing or even for being too clean. What? Your man's be wildin', bro. Like, what's wrong with a shower? <laughs> Those suspected were often brown people, women. Oh, Lord. were often women. Yeah, Moorish men, however, did not escape persecution for bathing. Bartolome Sanchez, for example, confessed to bathing in 1597, was in prison for the loss of all property. Miguel Canate, a gardener, was tried and tortured in 1606 under the accusation that he washed in the fields where he was working. Like, yo, what? Yeah, and then the whole women thing, 
Walsh said, it seems that what excited the imaginations of Christian men was the combination of hot water and nudity. Like, she's just taking a bath. Like, calm the fuck down. And that's where they definitely need Jesus because they need to learn how to constrain their fucking urges. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a cognitive distortion, okay? Yeah. It's called blame shifting. Exactly. Placing <laughs> the blame on someone else rather than yourself. The church needs CBT. <laughs> That's cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. Oh, listen. Yeah, you are correct, though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's wild that people were brought against tribunal for being for too taking a damn shower, Lord. Being too clean. God, please forgive us humans, especially. Oh, yeah. I mean, my ancestors were doing what they're supposed to do. So anyways, those are our vocabulary words. Give you a little brief, um, yeah, summary of the ridiculousness that Europeans banned showering. Yeah, for their own people. Like, okay, just think about that. Just think about that. Just literally think about that. Like, so some guy back then was like, yes, like, wifey of mine. No wife of mine is going to smell good. Like, what? War, you took a shower today. Yes. And now, like, they definitely want us all to be, I mean, come on. I want us to be showered. I I don't want to smell your balls. Men smell too. Okay. Like, and it ain't only here. (laughs) Everybody got a booty. (laughs) Somebody, like one of my traders, he's like, after she's like, okay, now go take a shower. (laughs) Because your booty stank. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Like, go take a shower. The hell? So funny. Anyways. Okay, so take a shower and be grateful. Yeah, because you used to lose property when you used to take a shower. You used to die. So wow, yeah, wildin'. Yes. All right, and complete. All right, so let's move on to quotes. Um, mine is on page two forty-eight, and I just appreciated the portrayal of what Filipinos did. Like, I mean, we were an archipelago, like. You don't gotta be necessarily in a field. You can go to the beach, take a shower. So um, I liked how on page two forty eight he said it's it's Ate Judy writes about how um, Filipinos would give up their daily bath at sunset, um, but they actually yeah. So they bathe at sunset. They stopped when the clergy told them not to do it. Yeah, but again, like I mean, again, think of it, y'all. It's like Philippines being an archipelago. There's seven thousand plus island. Or is it seven thousand? Yeah, like seven thousand plus. Okay, the dialects are like three thousand. Okay, well, they bathe themselves for hours. So let me say this: in 1604, Relacion de las Islas Filipinas, Jesuit missionary Pedro Chirino shared some information about Filipino bathing habits. He wrote that. They bathe themselves at all hours for cleanliness and recreation. 
And even the women after childbirth do not refrain from the bath. And children were just born, who children just born are bathed in the rivers and springs of cold water. Through modesty, they bathe with their bodies drawn up and almost in a sitting posture, with the water to the neck, taking the greatest care not to be seen, although no one may be near to see them anyway. So, um, and she, Atta Judy kind of just says, when you visit the beaches in Philippines, you'll see Filipinos sitting in this way. I never knew for the reason, but my experience is just nice to sit there and feel the warm salt water in her skin. But um, yeah, so the general offer bathing is at the setting of the sun, Chirino continued to write. Because at that time they have finished their labors and bathed in the river to rest and refresh themselves on the way, they usually carry some vessel for bearing water to use in their domestic duties. So yeah. yeah. We was bathing, y'all, multiple times a day. I mean, we're in the fields and stuff and building. Yeah, homes. it's hot. We, For those of you who've been back, y'all know right. it's freaking warm out there. And I I love this. And I, on page 249, they were saying they use baths as medicine. And that's what actually made me think of your cold baths, sis. That's medicine. You're right. It is. It's medicine. And so. Yeah. Uh, here it's, Sorry. It says both sexes. Many Spaniards of both sexes as well. Ecclesiastics and religious have had recourse to them in various maladies and recovered from their health. Because of taking a bath. <laughs> Go figure. And it's just crazy. Like when you were talking about the quote from Pedro Torino. Like how he was just writing in wonder about they bathe themselves at all hours. And even the women after childbirth do not refrain from the bath. Listen, you've you've got to wash, especially after childbirth. What? what are you talking about? Yeah. Wow. And you'd be sweating from pushing. Like, what the hell? And then he's like, and children just born are bathed in the rivers and springs of cold water. <laughs> Like you just keeping the babies in in the womb juice. <laughs> like, the womb juice is funny. Um, can I just add on to Chirino also wrote that Filipinos kept a vessel full of water before the door of every house, every person. This is not going into yours, right, sis? Okay, whether belonging to the house or not, who enters it takes water from the jar with to wash their feet before entering, especially during the season of much mud. And so oh. she remembers seeing that in her childhood. Um, Chirino keeps writing, they wash their feet with great facility, rubbing one foot with one another. The water flows down through the, down through the floor of the house, which is all cane and fashioned with window grating. And then, so it's just interesting. They talk kind of about this technique, like you're gonna use your feet to wash. You're not gonna use your hands to wash your feet because it'll get dirty. So anyways, I thought that was a good portrayal. You know what this made me remember when reading this? So, so I had a coworker when I used to work at a bank, like when I was really young. And I live out here. So of course my coworker is white. Very she's very sweet. But for some reason, we were talking about showers came up or something. And she she was like, Yeah, like I don't ever wash my feet in the shower. And she was like, Do you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, I do. And she's like, 
but the water just flows on them so I don't feel like I have to like wash them mm. and I'm like no but you gotta get in between the toes <laughs> and the toenails yeah like you gotta wa- wash your feet <laughs> and I'm like now looking back I'm like maybe it's a Philippine a Filipino thing <laughs> I hope it's a human thing like people wash your feet yeah because you got dead skin cells on there clean That's that so- shit they make <laughs> anyway. I'm confused. Like they make foot Me scrubs. too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I'm so glad our what? I said scrub your feet, y'all. Scrub your feet. And Sorry, what you saying? I was just gonna say thank you to the ancestors for giving us a legacy of water mm. and of cleanliness. I love that. I love are you com- are you complete sissy i am complete thank you okay so i will share my quote and it is from the end of chapter 18 on page 272 ati judy quote, 52, right 252 what did i say 72 oh my bad 252 so ati judy quotes the historian mm-hmm. ambeth ocampo in his book prehistoric philippines He wrote, when the Spaniards introduced the wheel in the Philippines in the 16th century and later built roads and bridges, they would describe the Philippines as an archipelago of many islands separated by water. This was one of the great paradigm shifts brought by the Spanish colonial period because our ancestors saw water as a source of life and movement. For them, water connected rather than separated islands and peoples. They had no need for water, for our, they had no need for the wheel because they were seafarers and almost everyone knew how to swim. Pre-Spanish Filipinos didn't see the need for bridges because their watercraft brought them from one riverbank to another, from one island to another. So I just thought that was really, um, ah, I don't know. Like when I was growing up, I never thought of us as seafaring people. When I thought of Philippines, I wasn't like, oh yeah, we were sea people. I'd never thought of that at all. And it seems like that is one of the rememberings um, that's deep. That's like very much pre-colonial. So, and you know, I know I've said this on here before that when I go hiking, um, in the woods I'm if it's nice weather out I'm always trying to find a stream I'm always trying to put my feet in a stream and to me it's because all streams go to the ocean and the ocean touches you know our our ancestral lands so like that's what I always like I had the thought like some part of this tiny drop of water might reach the Philippines maybe mm-hmm. and so it was like Cool to read this and was like water connected rather than separated islands and peoples and it seems as that's even true for us in the diaspora like we are not disconnected from our people and our lands if we have water water is medicine water water is life as the people of turtle island say yeah. as well water protectors um but yeah baths are medicine water is life 
and it's a way to connect connect all of us so yeah I love that I love that I I think I'm thinking about my own water experience so I um, almost drowned when I was four and my parents put me in swim lessons so I swam competitively from like age I think 10 to 18 so like eight ish years and um water was like I was literally in water like (laughs) morning and evening my hair smelled like chlorine but there was something about being in water that often that was like I don't know I I think I was just like I didn't have the troubles that I think about today because I was just swimming like literally just so yeah anywho my mom calls me her little dolphin and I probably was in a past life I am I am I don't know but (laughs) yeah yeah water is um it's an interesting medium and it does yeah oh the last the thing I wanted to say was I swam for the delta skimmers so the delta comes from the ocean yeah I remember that's how that's when I started that's when I learned like oh what's a delta and I looked it up the delta connects to a river or stream and the stream connects to the ocean so yeah it's all connected we're all connected somehow through water even people if you think about it you come through the water the waters of your mother's womb technically right so there's this there's a lot there's it's deep and I think it's really important to um you know remember that part that we have a deep connection to water especially as for us in the diaspora to remember that and to maybe it'll feel good to be in water if we're not by you know like by our ancestral lands you know so all right Thanks for sharing that, sis. Yeah, thank you. Okay, conclusion chapter. We made it. Page 255 and on. Thank you, Ate Judy. Again, shout out to her for her um, initiative to create something like this, especially during the pandemic. It's very timeless. Um, Some thoughts we had. um, I mean, we're just kind of sharing you know, there's a there's something on 256 Shiro. How do you write a book about several centuries of Philippine history? The answer is you don't. And yeah. I thought that was a really great um, thought for me because while this is like 255 pages, it does not capture everything. It is one lens yeah. and it's from one woman putting together multiple sources. And she did her due diligence for people who were wondering wherever she got stuff. There's actually a citation, very DC. So she has blogs, she has articles. She, you can look up the things that we talked about where this book was crafted from. So um, yeah, I think she did her best to make them flow. She talked about how she had to cut out certain things because it didn't make sense. And I think that makes sense uh, from speaking about writing about archipelago, you know, country that you can't really um capture everything but I think capturing the essence of what happened prior to being quote conquered um she did a really great job there was insights that um 
I would have not known had I not read the book or taken a Filipino history class, you know, so this is very, I'm excited to see how schools or, you know, circles might pick this up or cite this book for reference. Those, that's really the gist of my thoughts for this book. Yeah, I liked how one of the things that she said in, uh, after you said in the conclusion uh, was that histories are human stories. So, um, so I like how, you know, in the whole thing, she tried to find the humanity. She tried to find the individual stories of people like Enrique, right? So yeah. that was the, one of the bigger characters. And she kind of, um, that's kind of how she concluded. Like she basically said, concluded with the fact that she's still researching things that she didn't know about. She talks about um, how she read in, uh, John Letty Fallon's The Hispanization of the Philippines, uh, she read a curious passage that said the Dutch war, the Dutch war was primarily responsible for the severe strains put on the Filipino population. And so she was like, Dutch war? Um, what Dutch war? And she asked her Filipino friend, her like other Filipinos, like, you know about the Dutch war that affected our ancestors? And people were like, no. And so she was saying, it's just like Enrique. That's how she was trying to figure out about Enrique. Like, who was this person? And so um, she ends with, and I found another mystery to explore from the Philippine history. So here we go again. So I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like at first, like it was getting kind of heavy for me, just the loss and the loss and the loss and the loss, and then the loss, right? And so to end with the fact that we're actually not as lost as we may feel, and we are not as disconnected as we may think either, right? So, um, and, and to frame it as like, she's going to go find another mystery from our history. It's almost like- Bars. Bars. <laughs> mystery from our history anyway um, but yeah it just feels like yeah we lost stuff but you know we are able to find things too so yeah yeah so um if you're tuning in you've been tuning in thank you for coming this far with your Ates, and we thank Ate Judy and her, she has a slew of acknowledgements and appendix again for reference. Anyone wants to continue down the rabbit hole of citations and, you know, um, things out there already, it's needed. So this yes. is fine to keep going and supporting the diaspora and reclaiming our history. And um, yeah, it's been, a great book to sit with um and we're closing out on episode 49 what what so we're excited uh to keep going too we will be launching season four soon and it'll be on 50. yes so thanks for hanging out with us this long and let us know what you thought of the book down in the comments and thank you, Auntie Judy, and thank you to you all.
As we gratefully end this conversation, separate and cleanse our energies and close out this container, we must recognize and honor all our ancestors, guides, and forces that brought us all here. We also recognize you, dear Kapotid, for tuning in to this conversation today. And as always, your Ates leave you with a blessing. As you continue on this lifelong journey of reclaiming the mystery of our histories, may you remember that water is medicine. May you know that you are not as lost as you may feel for our ancestors have been looking for you as much as you have been looking for them. May you know that they are proud of the way you are learning, integrating and healing. May the remembrance of Kapwa anchor you back into your heart and an, until we see you again, may you know that all is well and will be well and that no matter what happens, you are